0: In my promise to keep it real on here, today I want to talk and share about my favorite kind of party lately, and it's been the pity party. I have been partying alone over here for the past week, and in speaking with a new friend that reached out after listening to this podcast, we talked about how as autism moms, we really just need to hear that other moms feel it, and get it, and go through all of these emotions. We don't want to hear about perfection. We want to hear about the good, the bad, the ugly, because that's exactly where we're at. And it reminded me that this is what I set out to do through this platform, so that's what I'm going to do here. I'm keeping it 100% real, and I'm going to try to get the point across that you have permission to have that pity party, and don't you dare feel an ounce of guilt over. Hey Courageous Mom, I want you to know that you are so brave, raising those children and giving everything you have for everything that they need. I've been there and understand what it's like to feel like you're lost, to feel tired and so completely overwhelmed. Hi, I'm Tanya and an autism mom. This journey is not an easy one. It's been demanding and confusing, but it's also been massively life-changing in a great way and has brought me more joy and more laughs than I could ever imagine. You shouldn't walk alone, and that's why I felt called to create this community. Here you'll laugh, find joy, hear inspiring stories, along with support and some tough love to begin your journey back to you again. You have permission to take care of yourself, to go after your dreams, and to be happy and fulfilled every day, even on those tough ones. So let's do this journey together, gracefully, boldly, and courageously. I do a pretty good job at trying to look at the positive because I really don't want to go too deep into that black hole that I've been in for so long before. I'm terrified of it and because of that, and because of those fears, I work really hard to try to not to go back there. And when people say, how do you do all that you do, or you're always up to something new, it honestly is because I need to stay busy. If I'm not busy, then that's when my mind starts to think about way too much. And it's usually never a good thing for me because having too much time to think has proven to be very dangerous for me. And if I stay busy and try to help someone else, else, that means my focus is not on me and my reality. And that is just way healthier for me and my mental state. Now, I'm not saying that I completely neglect what's going on around me, because I get what needs to be done, done. And I pay it its due and pay attention and love fiercely those around me. But being so busy helps me not dwell on the things that I can't control. and it has worked for the most part. And I've had to work extra hard this year uh, with being forced to have more time on my hands and not being able to do as much as I normally would do in a year where there wasn't a pandemic. And I've also had my hands tied with the kids being home all the time and remote schooling mixed with my own work schedule. And the podcast that I started in the the summer. And that's all been good in a way because I've been busy. So it's kept me safely occupied. And I tend to go through a couple of days every couple of months where I'm really sad and I may need to get a good cry in and I'm in a bunk for a day or two and I move on. But this time it's different. This time it's sticking and it's going on a week and I'm trying to snap out of it. And I'm having just a really tough time right now with it. And it's scaring me because I feel like I haven't been at this level of depressed and in a funk since when my son was first diagnosed with autism. And at that point, there was just so much going on. I was completely overwhelmed with everything in denial. I had a newborn baby girl, and I'm hearing that my son is autistic and trying to deal with all those emotions and trying to get him the care that he needs, get him set up in preschool, and figure it all out, it all made sense. And I realized over the weekend that because it made sense then, I somehow think that was justified because it was new. And that was a really trying. And yes, we have been through several more trying times, countless amounts of trying times. But I think I've always given myself the permission to only be down for a day or two every couple of months or so because I felt that's human. It's okay as long as I never got to the point that I was at when I first was diagnosed. So I think I've been really careful and quick to snap myself out of it and worked really hard. And I'm not saying that I regret doing that. I think that's important to to try to look to the bright side of things, see the positive, I am convinced that is the only way that I am still standing in a semi sane person. However, I also need to know that I shouldn't beat myself up. And I want everyone listening to this right now that it's okay to still feel even though it's not new. Even if you've been dealing with this for 10 years now, what I'm learning with my son is that Every single stage, age, brings along a new set of emotions and feelings. And you know what? I'm afraid to say it, but I'm going to say it. I'm dealing with the feelings of grief. Everything that I felt at the beginning when he was first diagnosed, because we're entering the phase where he is now uh, 12 years old, so we're now going through puberty. And puberty and autism, it's a combination that can be really scary because there are so many different hormones and things and changes going on in the body. And he is just struggling and has always struggled to communicate. And recently, he's just becoming more behavioral. And he's always been my gentle giant. And lately he has been emotional and has definitely been a bit more aggressive. And I think a lot of the things he says to us as his parents Probably other teenagers or preteens might think, but they just don't say them. And he just, he doesn't know how to lie or doesn't have a filter. And so it's all coming out and he's having a harder time controlling his body and his anger, his aggression. And it's really tough to watch. And I think that I always thought that his younger years, when he couldn't speak, when everything was so unknown, I thought that was hard and it was hard it is hard sorting through all those feelings but i think for some reason i don't i don't know if it was just to get me through i thought that might be the worst and when i when he started to get older and i started seeing that he was definitely becoming more in control of his body and once he was able to finally start saying some words and he didn't start speaking until the age of 6 but Once we got to that point, it was like I definitely saw a change in his behavior. And I think somewhere I found comfort in that and telling myself that, okay, we, we made it through. You know, we're going to face more challenges, but... We've been through the worst and of course we'd have some blips that would come up and we'd handle it and you know most recently we went through um, this is now a couple years back of needs to make the decision change school districts get him into a better place in a program that is fantastic for him and so our family moved. And, you know, that transition period before the move was really, really difficult. It was painful. It was heartbreaking. And there were just a lot of different emotions and things that I never want to feel again. But it was a quick blip in the whole spectrum of things when looking back in our life. But this 2020 mixed with my son, who is very smart, but in so many ways is so childlike. And so innocent. And to see him becoming a man and not knowing how to handle all of the changes and the hormones. And that's been hard. And along with that, lately, I've been really feeling grief and just sadness. About things that I wish that he could do or things that other kids can do that he's just not able to do. And recently we were driving and he saw a boy on his bike who definitely looked about 12, 13 years old. So his his age. And he noticed that and he said, I want to ride my bike alone, like he does. And I just teared up because I have to say no to that. Because he knows how to ride a bike. He knows he has that skill. And And I'm obviously thrilled that he has that skill and can do that. And it was something that was easier for him to pick up. (laughs) I think I thought that, well, that's the hardest part. Nope. He learned how to ride a bike really early, but uh, I'd say, we're five years into him riding a bike, and he still couldn't know when to cross the street. And he still doesn't know or comprehend the danger around him. And it's heartbreaking. And I hate that. He's also been saying lately that in four more years, he'll get his license because he knows that you can get your license at 16. And I'm always quick to say, not everybody gets their license at 16. Some people might decide that they don't want a license license and that's okay. And he doesn't say anything back, but he will say it again. And I always have the same answer. And the thing that makes me want to cry when I think about that is that when my daughter will say it, I never have to say it. And I hate that. And I'm envious of the people that don't have to hold their kids back because you know as their parent, that they just cannot handle what they want to do. I've always told myself that I would always support my children. And if they had a dream and they wanted to go after something, then I would support them because I know what it's like to have big dreams and big goals and just want someone to cheer you on. And for his license, or things like riding his bike on his own, like so many others his age, And in the past week, I have felt a crazy amount of envy towards people that have never had to go through this or won't have to feel what I'm feeling. And I think because I've been feeling that, I felt really guilty. And I've also felt guilty about throwing this pity party See I grew up with a very strong mother and you just weren't allowed to throw a pity party. You weren't allowed to feel sorry for yourself. If anything happened and I tried to vent um, or just talk about what was bothering me, she would really just say, oh well it is what it is, That that's her saying. and don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore my mother, but she's had a hard life and she didn't always have support. So I think she had to find her way to deal with it. And I think that's how she just automatically is trying to help me. And that's when I realized that people will say things to you to try to snap you out of your funk. And they see it as motivation and that they're helping you. But I believe it really is important to feel your feelings. I think it's a crucial part of healing. And when someone is trying to motivate you to get out of your funk and to stop throwing your pity party by telling you to just get over it or to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Why they're doing it is that because they don't get what you're going through. Because when people do that, they just have no idea what you're feeling. They have zero experience in it. Because if they knew, if they had really truly been through what you're going through, they would never dismiss it. They'd allow you to vent and to be upset and would just listen. And those are the people you need to seek out when you're really down, but only until you're at that point. Because I know that sometimes I just want to be alone and I don't want to talk. But when I am ready, I know who I can reach out to. For instance, I have an autism mom friend and we will call each other and say, I need you to lift me up. Or, I need you to hear me out and just get how much this situation sucks. And when we say that, before we start our conversation, when we call each other, that allows us to know what we need in that moment. I think I've been stuck to the idea that I couldn't have any more pity parties and looking at it as a three strikes and you're done type of thing. But I shouldn't feel guilty about feeling sad. I think that only adds to the sadness and... That guilt makes you feel worse and helps you spiral further into a pit. If you allow yourself to eat the ice cream, candy, a whole package of cookies and wash it down with wine and binge watch on your favorite show, not that I have done any of this, then go do it. No judgment here. Do your thing, whatever it's going to take to help you get through it. If you want to keep your distance and not speak to anyone, then do that. If you need to write sad poetry, a journal entry, a blog post, song, whatever, do it. If you want to listen to sad music or watch sad movies or shows that force you to get that good cry going, you have my permission because I've had to give that to myself. And sometimes I think we just need somebody to say that it's okay. And that's what I'm telling you. It's okay to be down, to get in that pity party and feeling sorry for yourself mode. I know many would disagree, but not me. As long Long as it doesn't become a permanent state. It's all good. I feel like we need permission to feel and to get depressed. I think I've feared how I appear to people if I seem more than just a little sad. I don't want anyone to worry or even worse, think I'm not strong. God forbid I let anyone know that I don't feel strong all of the time. And I think. This is especially true for moms. But in this autism journey with my son, I've decided I am giving myself that permission for a pity party that lasts longer than a couple of days. I don't have to beat myself up and neither do you. We shouldn't have to worry if it's taking longer to snap out of it. I know the warning signs of something more serious because I have been there. If it continues, I will be sure to reach out to my doctor and I say that with no shame. It's not weakness to admit that you need help or that you're starting to unravel. I completely know what the signs are for me when I'm at a point that is becoming more than just a funk so please know that it's not weakness to admit that you need help or that you're starting to unravel. I actually see it as a great strength allowing yourself to feel and owning the feelings. Your feelings are so important because stuffing them away only does harm and helps no one and we all know that as moms we need to be our best. And yeah, we may not be at our best every day, but I think that's why it's so important to let yourself feel if you're going through it and don't keep stuffing it away because eventually it will just turn into something bigger. And this is something that I need to embrace because what I have realized, and I'm just accepting is that I am going to feel this way multiple times throughout my life and my son's life as we get to big milestones like graduation and prom because they may not look exactly the same as it does for others or how I once pictured prior to his diagnosis because I think we have all done that or imagined what it would be like and so because of that I am sure that I am going to be feeling anger sadness and envy all over again because his journey is so much harder. And I'm just not going to beat myself up because I'm not having an easy time seeing the positive or looking at all of the progress. Because those are the things that I will do on a regular basis, usually when I'm not completely depressed. But I'm giving myself permission to not beat myself up if there is a day or two or five that I am unable to focus on the positive and see the progress. I can't keep beating myself up and feeling guilt. And I'm just being real here because I know I am not alone in the pity parties and in the sad days. And I think it's important to realize that we need to process our emotions and our feelings in our own timetable because we're human. If you're a special needs parent, we can really all relate to each other. We get to an extent what each other is going through. And yes, each child is different. So each child is going to present different situations and struggles. And because of that, and how different each child and each family, each person is from another, there is no definitive time in order to just get over something. So this is me giving you your pass to throw a pity party. And it's the perfect party to throw this year, because you don't have to worry about social distancing. Okay, bad joke. I'm sorry. But next time someone tells you to just get over it or tells you to stop feeling sorry for yourself because you're sad and feeling down, don't let them make you feel guilty about it. Remember, you cannot control what other people say or do, but you can control how you react and take what they're saying. No one is walking in your shoes, not going to be able to move forward and feel better if you pretend that you're not sad, and you don't allow yourself to pay what you're going through. It's due owning your feelings and not always acting like you've got it all together takes a strong person because you're not concerned how people perceive you because you know you're allowed to feel sad without apology. Plus, I think it's helpful to put it out there so others know that it's okay to not always feel happy or have a smile plastered to your face. Or maybe you're like me and your happy face still looks like a sad or mad face. I love when people say to me, you look sad, what's the matter? And I'm like, nope, this is just how my face looks. I guess I suffer from RBF some of the time. But my look is usually courtesy of motherhood and exhaustion. Anyhow, (laughs) That's it for today. Want to have a pity party with women that get it? Then join us in the Courageously Moms Facebook group. It's a community that I'm trying to build so that we can all share our struggles and our triumphs together and not alone. So thank you for listening today. Until next time, I am sending you so much love. And remember, you got this. there. Me again. One more thing before you go. Thank you so much for listening to the Courageously Mom podcast. I hope you come back to hear some more. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review.